Hello G.I. Joe Burgers, this is your boy Steve, and I'm broadcasting from Manila in the Philippines. Crazy, right? But I'm not alone. I have a dear pen pal who has become my toy ally in these parts. His name's Robert, and he's joining me for an interview. How you doing, Rob? What's up? Hey! Dude, I am so fortunate to have a guy like you in my back pockets. Uh, I mean, it is sublime how things have just clicked into place. Work yeah, got me to the Philippines, and you got me to the toy markets of Manila. My pleasure. There's a thriving toy culture here, man. But before we even get into that, mm -hmm. situate us. For the benefit of the listeners, where is the Philippines? Well, it's between the crater of Southeast Asia. Here, technically Hong Kong, Japan, uh, and Malaysia. And it's got some interesting history because, you know, it's been occupied by the Japanese. It's also had close ties with the United States. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it is the sweetest spot in the world to find the kind of the East meets West in, in fan culture, in toy culture. That's true, that's true. I mean, uh, we do have a history here that in the 1800s we've been invaded by uh, Spaniards, then Americans, then Japanese. It's quite a rich history we have here. And as I remembered as a child, uh, we always technically lose, so that's how I think, <laughs> but we always end up winning our independence. Nice. So historically, Filipinos are proud and independent, but at least in terms of the dominant economic forces in the region, mm -hmm. you guys have had a nice helping of the best that Japan has to offer and the best that the United States have to offer. Maybe because it's just some luck, I guess. Uh, as I remember, in the 80s, we get more Japanese toys because it was imported from Japan. Okay, you're gonna drop some names, please. Well, basically Bandai. Yeah. Uh, I remember Poppy and Takatoku. Okay. Uh, and the brands themselves? Were they big robots? Yeah, even the Diaclone Transformers, the Microman series. Wow. Do you see any of that at retail anymore? Or at vintage toy markets anymore? Well, it depends now where you go to. I mean, uh, in the 90s, early 2000s, there were quite a lot of places where you can get those toys. Diacron. Diaclono. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and nowadays, since the collecting my market here is much more bigger now, uh, more fans, more diverse collectors, even just an ordinary person now can collect a toy if he wants to. Uh, it's becoming much more harder to find those rare gems, we call it. Of course, I'm sure, you know, as, as mm -hmm. people isolate which are the real commodities. But uh, it feels like there's a constant uh, turnover of, of cool stuff. You never quite know what you're going to find, which is why toy hunting in the flesh in the Philippines is so exciting. That's right. It's kind of like, uh, how do I put it in words? It's like, imagine yourself trying to find that perfect toy. I mean... Uh, for example, G1 Jazz. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of places you can go to. There's a lot of conditions you can find one. Or definitely, if you're really not into looking for a rare one, I mean, the vintage one, I mean, you can actually go with the reissue one, which is also kind of rare sometimes. But what is so refreshing for me, who has come purely, I mean, my, my modern toy collecting, you know, ever since becoming an adult with disposable income has always been about finding it online. Because mm -hmm. obviously, it's just, it, it is impossible to find in the flesh. Whereas here, it seems like 
there's an even hand. You could find what you're looking for online, but you could also just happen to find it in person (laughs) in a brick and mortar store, which is, I think, quite unique in the world at the moment. Yeah, definitely, because in a world where online shopping is much more easier and convenient, sometimes Filipinos are more into going to places. They're outdoorsmen, so to speak. They love to go out. They want to uh, hang out. They love to eat. They want to mingle. Uh, sadly, because of this uh, vi- virus we're having right now, the uh, COVID-19, if I'm correct saying it. Yeah, yeah, you're saying correct. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it yeah, has to that find right its now. way into every discussion. It does. Yeah, sadly. So we have to uh, at least address it a bit. Well, we remember last week when we gone to Green Hills, uh, normally there's a lot of people hanging out at their stores. You can actually find people haggling for the toys. Even the owners, You can, if you're lucky enough, you can find one of the owners to try to haggle the toy. But <laughs> Instead of just the shopkeeper. Just yeah, the, the I did try, remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah it, sometimes it's fun to haggle with other toys. I mean, trying to get a discount, just even for like 10%. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a big, a big victory if if you get try to get to one of your toys at a cheap discount. So I guess the point that all of this is trying to make is mm-hmm. that the toy culture in the Philippines is so vibrant that you don't necessarily have to resort to an online resource to find what you want. Definitely, and the thrill of the chase, the thrill of the hunt, is alive and well. But let's dial the clocks back, Rob. Let's do some introductory stuff. Mm-hmm. Your three favorite toy lines of all time. Well, that's going to be tricky. I mean, there's a lot. But if I have to narrow it down to three U.S. toys. Oh, why U.S.? Uh, well, it's a different category. I mean, there, there's actually the Japanese toys. There's a lot of them. If I try to say every single one right now... It's going to be more this. than three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my good buddy Paul tends to do that quite often. <laughs> we try and narrow him down to three. He d- does 13. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I'm trying to avoid that. So, we're just going to narrow it down to U.S. 80s toys, okay? Brilliant. So, first up is Transformers. <gasps> They're on top? Well, it's tied with G.I. Joe, but I have to put something in number one. But, oh, okay. in fairness, both of them are really awesome. I mean, you can get versatility with Transformers. You get play value with G.I. Joe. Of course. So, it's really hard to decide. So, I just have to put it by number. So, it's kind of like, even so, G.I. Joe is number two. It's much more better sometimes. Yeah, I mean, maybe you agree with me on this score, but like Transformers always felt a little bit more high end to me or a little bit more prohibitive. Whereas G.I. Mm. Joe were the kind of toys that you had no problem playing in the sand with. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Transformers here are more like a premium as a kid. Mm. Since paper stickers, chrome parts, Mm. rubber tires. Yeah, they have Mm. all the hallmarks of a higher end toy. But at the same time, they weren't the kind of things that you just want to toss around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, as a kid, I remember going to malls. You can't really find Transformer toys because every other rich kid can just purchase one. I remember when I was a child, my mom keeps avoiding me going to malls or even Green Hills. As you know, in the 80s, Green Hills actually gets the G.I. Joe's toys, the Transformer toys. There's a place called Noba Fontana. They actually supply all the types of toys you can look for in the 80s, like G.I. Joe and Transformers, along with the Japanese version. So it's quite cheap. Like In the 80s, it's only around 20 pesos. 20 pesos for a Transformer? G.I. Joe. For a G.I. Joe. Yeah, figure. Because... Uh, to put that in perspective, uh, 
50 pesos equals one US dollar at the moment. Yeah. So a G.I. Joe figure for 20 pesos. Mm-hmm. In those Incredible. Days. Yeah. That- was that because manufacture was so close? Being mm. in mainland China or Hong Kong? Well, no. Actually, it's because I think it's just because the inflation rate at that time is much more cheaper. And we get abundance of the toy from Japan too. Because the Takara version actually dumps all the G.I. Joe Japanese release here before it actually gone on sale to just only like 17 pesos. Would you speculate that the Takara releases of G.I. Joe, those ones on the sort of red background for the Cobras and the blue background for mm-hmm. the, the Joes, the sort of almost like they're diving across the Cybertronian landscape. <laughs> we are, we're talking about G.I. Joes and our Transformers here. Mm-hmm. Would you theorize that they weren't successful in Japan? They weren't identified as like, you know, the must-have toy, and and therefore we have seen mm-hmm. an abundance of them carded, you know, locally. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in Japan, Transformers are much more bigger than GI Joe because I think it's because it's US related or something. I'm I'm not really saying that. It's a plot there. Mm. The animated series didn't have an impact, and I suppose neither did the comic books in mm-hmm. Japan. So they didn't have the support of that kind of media. Yeah, they're but supporting their own. It is wonderful to see now mm-hmm. this kind of resurgence of carded Japanese GI mm-hmm. Joes because I mean there is an appeal to those cards that is altogether their own. Much more and I, I, Yeah, exactly. Very much uh, aspiring to the, the Japanese design or toy design mm-hmm. paradigms. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I believe you recently got one of your own. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, uh, thanks to Steve, of course. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I was going with this. But uh, you uh, you picked up a carded Takara uh, Cobra Trooper. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful specimen and great toy. I mean, it's a classic. Yeah, I remember reading it from other Filipino G.I. Joe groups that before it's really cheap because nobody's buying the Japanese version. It's because they think that it's the KO version in those days, I guess. Oh, crazy. So because They don't realize it's actually you know, legit quality. Yeah, mm. the authentic Japanese release. It's kind of like the uh, fun exclude version, but with higher quality with the figures. Because with identical quality. I mean, my yeah, my experience with those Takara releases is they are every bit... I mean, they probably came from the same factory. Yeah, that's right. Same mold, same plastic, same process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite interesting to see them at when you, once you open the figure, you can't tell it's a Japanese release. We do have a ton of Cobra Commander only being on sale in those days because nobody likes Cobra Commander as a kid. I don't know why, but nowadays, oh, yeah, nowadays it's much more higher in price. Even a Japanese card now costs more than uh, $100, I believe, or even more. Last time I saw a Cobra Commander carded one, it's going for around three hundred. Hey, I didn't. Movies. I didn't get your third uh, favorite U.S. toy brand. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, it's funny. Who fills out the number three spot after Transformers and GI Joe? This is the age-old question, isn't it, listeners? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, some guys will choose He-Man, others Thundercats, mm-hmm. or even Mask. Well, if you ask me, it's Mask. Nice. Have you got a mask collection back home? Just a small collection. I mean, I was more focused on G.I. Joe and Transformers at that time. And I didn't even start it until just recently. Do you have a Thunderhawk? 
is what I want to know. Yeah, definitely. As a kid. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, it has this awesome Matt Tracker figure. It's the regular release with the hole on it mm-hmm. and much more bigger shaped helmet mask, you call it. And the only disappointment about it is that it lost its one, one of its wheels. So I ended oh, up no. trading it with one of my friends who gave me another G.I. Joe figure. You'd be surprised which one I got. Oof. Yes. No, a, a, a raw guess. You got to narrow it down a little bit, Rob. Eh, it's everybody's favorite. Oh, Snake Eyes. Definitely. V2. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> but no weapon. Yeah, I have to look for the weapons individually. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> you'll be pleased to know that uh, Robert picked up a Snake Eyes V2 Uzi today, which happened to be under the engine cover of the maggot that I bought. Oh my god, you just in Manila. the secret. I mean, I mean the Sun gonna be gonna be pissed. I mean Oh my god, <laughs> what happened? What did I give that? I mean it's already cost around by five hundred pesos. You're kidding. Just yeah. for the accessory. Yeah. Wow. They base it on US uh, price guide, I guess. So mm. they actually know how they price to each weapons, each accessories. So for him, giving up that Uzi is kind of like a big loss for him. Well, I can't say I'm uh, <laughs> too upset about that. Mm-hmm. His loss is your gain. Um, Definitely. Thank but you. <laughs> you're welcome. The parable of the story then, ladies and gentlemen, is always check your hatches. Mm, that mm. sounded right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, Transformers, G.I. Joe, then Mask. Mm-hmm. Robert, growing up in the Philippines... With these incredible toys, mm-hmm. what was your favorite way of playing with them? Well, I always used them as a crossover thing. I mean, <gasps> so you combined universes. Definitely. Brilliant. I do. As I remember, as a kid, I always play with them, uh, creating a fort for them. I mean, as a kid, you don't have the bases like the mobile command center. I don't <gasps> even know that it existed. <sighs> but who needs it yeah. when you've got a couch or a tree? Yeah, I used to play my GI Joe. Uh, behind our house I mean the backyard mm-hmm. and as a kid I always used rocks plywood just set up with a base or something even styrofoam you did that before right of course styrofoam was very useful lightweight it could you know pro- provided you had the right kind of paint it could be painted mm-hmm. um, and yes yeah, stacked because of the lightweight I find that you know endlessly stackable and reconfigurable mm-hmm. yeah man I remember, like, just having cupboards full of polystyrene. What a bizarre thing to have a collection of as a child. It takes up a lot of space, but it's hell of a useful. Yeah, some people actually do dioramas with it. I mean, some are talented. I mean, I saw awesome dioramas of G.I. Joe play sets. I mean, they actually made some forts, towers, mm. even hangers. I envy those guys sometimes. I mean, I can't actually duplicate how they've done it, but I do admire it. I mean... They're awesome. I mean, I admire it too, but diorama creation is a space-consuming pursuit. You either have the, the acreage to store all your completed dioramas, mm-hmm. or you're like us, city dwellers, who <laughs> live in shoeboxes and have to uh, keep our toy collections well curated. That's right. Speaking of which, how big would you say your toy collection is these days and it's difficult to quantify the size of a collection but i mean is it wall to wall shelf you know floor to ceiling well back home well if you put it that way yeah pretty much if you just put it on single file 
Yes. Voice. But if you're gonna try to put it on each row, I mean, uh, like for example, three of them behind each other. Yeah. So it may not reach that way unless it's some of the bigger ones. Okay. Like but it's certainly enough to interior decorate an entire room. Mm hmm. I used to decorate my room as a kid. Nowadays, I have to store them because the wife uh, doesn't do you have want it boxed. Me. Yeah, because my wife's stuffs are already in my room too. I mean, definitely space issues. Of course, mm-hmm. the issue that plagues us all these days: we have all these wants and needs, but not the space to house them. Mm-hmm. That's true. I remember as a kid, I don't have that problem. I just put it on my bed, sleep with them. You're Sounds, kidding. Yeah, I, I mean... I Weren't you to, worried you'd roll over in the night and trash some <laughs> beloved I toys? Surprisingly, I don't. I mean, I just... For example, I sleep in my bed. I just sleep at, uh, at least one-third of the remaining portion of the bed. Then most of my toys are on it. It's <laughs> nice. a miracle I haven't slept on... Ironically, that sound doesn't sound correct. <laughs> well, you're a very sound sleeper, obviously, if you were able to... Get your forty winks in and not uh, roll over or or shake the bed enough to have your your beloved thunderhawk come clattering down. Yeah, it it was kind of like I don't know how I do it. I just did. I mean, I I can sleep without any worry about uh, damaging any of the toys, crushing them more like it. But I remember my little brother actually lie down on a cat. Oh. so well you had the sort of the zen foo of like sleeping in one position whereas your brother did not mm-hmm. gi joe media <laughs> how did it reach the philippines what uh what of it did were you really swept up in cartoons comic books mm-hmm. what was your uh your go-to how did you characterize gi joe well, as a kid, I do remember everything. Surprisingly, most people just keep remembering certain thing and a certain age. Me, on the other hand, I still remember when I was six, I saw the first G.I. Joe Transformers series in a local channel, ABS-CBN. And it was prime time. <sighs> Actually, it's I believe it's Tuesday. Hmm. Then I have to wait for it every night after going to school, watching every episode's that's how I started. But like those were the days, Rob. Like, having the anticipation that, like, your favorite show was coming mm-hmm. up on Tuesday. You're one more day to kill. And then that that magic time of just sitting down in front of the TV, mm-hmm. praying no one else wanted to watch anything on the competing channel. Sadly, that's the case. Are you kidding? No. Yeah, my dad always watched these uh, PBA uh, basketball games on cha- another channel. That is so cruel. Well, were you were you able dad. to rec- <laughs> were you able to record? No, we don't have a VCR. I do remember as a kid we had a color television and a black and white one. So I got to watch GI Joe and Transformers uniquely on black and white. Nice, vintage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of dial the clocks back to the nineteen forties. That's why I don't have any problems with Rumble and Frenzy with the red and blue issue. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Any coloring problems. The, having the Seeker Jets kind of messed up in the, the color mm-hmm. palettes. You can't tell who's Starscream. <laughs> Starscream, Thundercracker, that's the enemy. Well, hmm, Skywarp, I imagine, would still look black. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, when you watch it in black and white, you don't really mind about the colors, but sometimes when you do realize... Oh my god, Starscream's red? <laughs> I thought he was blue. <laughs> Too cool. Yeah, it was so fun. I mean, as a kid, I do enjoy every episode. I remember uh, another channel 
every summer they always show these movie editions. I mean, G.I. Joe the movie, mm. Transformer the movie, every April of the month. Did they collapse the mini series into a kind of a, a movie for those releases? Yeah, definitely. Oh, brilliant! So you pretty much got everything, mm-hmm. nice. even My Little Pony. Surprising, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Now that's something you should watch. I mean, as a kid, I do watch My Little Pony. And yet you managed to avoid becoming a brony. How did, <laughs> how did you resist? Simple, GI Joe. Ah, yes. Rinse that nonsense away with uh, assault happened. rifles and lasers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a kid, you had a lot of choices. Like, uh, for example, you can watch Extra Squad. You can watch Silverhawks. Uh, you can even watch Mask. Galaxy Rangers. I don't believe you have that, or do you have Galaxy Rangers? We, um, you know what? We might have. Um, I think we got perhaps a single season at some stage, but it was before my time. Rob, I guess this just circles back to my point that, like, for some reason, mm-hmm. because of the Philippines' close ties to the United States, you got everything, man. Well, it was a very fortunate, like, position to be in. The yeah, media and toy releases kind mm-hmm. of drifted to this lovely island nation. Yeah, we. I think every Filipino kid would be happy about to hear that. I mean, mm. yeah, we got both words of Japanese anime and U.S. cartoons. As I remember here in the Philippines, uh, as for anime, there are a few cartoons that, or anime cartoons, depending on how you acknowledge anime. Uh, there's one known as Voltus Five. Uh, it's the biggest thing here in the Philippines since in the 70s. It has also some history because it, uh, as I remember, it, our president uh, the, in the 80s, uh, Ferdinand Marcos, actually banned that cartoon. Because he claims that it promotes rebellion, hmm. and then eventually, a few years later, we got people power. People stand up against the dictator. Some will not agree with that. Some say he's a hero, but so was the was president a... right? In other, in other words, was there a revolution spurred on by anime? Which is ironically, yeah. Oh my word! For me, yeah, but cool. it depends on who you talk to. Some will agree. Some will say no. It's just the Filipino. So, for those of us not in the know, Voltus Five was it a, a super robots anime? I assume yeah, so. Yeah, it's a super robot anime that was uh, created in the 70s along with the two other super robots. Like a better known one is Combatler V, mm-hmm. and the other one is Daimos. That's the one you're asking about in <laughs> Hong Kong. Uh, in your, I think you're... one of those toy hunting videos. Yeah, sure, man. Well, I needed to have you by my side while I was going through those Hong Kong toy shops. <laughs> Would have been very, very useful. So, were those the three robots that were collapsed in the U.S. into Shogun Warriors? Yeah, that's the one. Gotcha. Okay. Well, to anyone listening to this, maybe that would be a better、um, visual reference. If you can think of the three Shogun Warriors super robots,、mm-hmm. that would be Voltus Five.、Mm-hmm. Actually, it's. Combatler V, Combatler V,、uh, Masinger C, and Mekanda Robot. Gee whiz, brother! Then、That's、there's Raiden. Forgot Raiden. Well, it's beyond my ken. But getting it back to Joe,、mm-hmm. are we going to do this the whole hog? I want to get your favorite GI Joe action figure, your favorite Cobra action figure, your favorite GI Joe vehicle, and your favorite Cobra vehicle. My God, that's a lot, <laughs> brother. <laughs> you got to be fully equipped to come onto this podcast, man.
well, when it comes to G.I. Joe figures, I just have to put it on categories. Male? Okay. Mean, yeah. Okay. We're gonna remove the 90s version because some of the guys will definitely ask if it's an 80 figure. Yeah. So, surprisingly, my favorite G.I. Joe character is Cobra Girl. Hmm. You ever wonder why? Well, <laughs> I think I know the answer. Mm -hmm. um, was it a significant gift from a significant person? Yeah, <laughs> it's from my wife. But long before that, definitely my wife knows about this story. I mean, as a kid, I saw the first season of G.I. Joe. Technically, it's just only the three-parter. The uh, G.I. Joe, real American hero. Okay. She was... The Adventures of G.I. Joe, a.k.a. The Masterpiece. Yep, that's there the one. There you go. As a kid, I always remember there's this certain character I really like. She was one, the one with timber. He has blonde hair, long, beautiful, long, blonde hair, and she was suddenly my favorite. Hmm. But later episodes, she vanished. Then I didn't realize that uh, the first season of GI Joe, she came back with a short hair, the brownish hair one. Remember? Oh, of course, yeah. 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 So I didn't recognize her at first. So it was definitely a thing I thought I didn't know anything about the toy yet at that time so I was only 6 so didn't even know that that figure existed let alone that uh, it's my favorite figure so I end up uh, having another favorite figure that time it's Bazooka <laughs> yep. Outstanding once again, was it very influenced by his appearances in the cartoon? Mm-hmm. Definitely. As a kid, that's the best way to watch G.I. Joe cartoons. I mean, G.I. Joe, actually. You enjoyed the lovable lunkhead. Yeah, he's kind of like... I, rem I remember a friend of mine... I have a few friends, so... Actually, they keep calling, giving me the bazooka character. So you were that character type, the heavy. Yep, I always... Somehow, nice. I always love his weapon system. I mean, his rocket launcher bazooka. Which, sure, do you think it translated well to the action figure though? I mean, it looks far more impressive in the animation. But when you actually get the figure in hand, you're like, mm, it's not quite the same thing, is it? Yeah, I mean, the bazooka is much more smaller. Everybody complains about the bazooka, it's quite small. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I have to put up my hand there. I was one of the complainers. But uh, mm. you enjoyed it regardless. Yeah. Awesome. Such a great backpack. And the helmet is mm. top, top, top right. Yeah, everybody complaining about the jersey not military realistic, but sometimes when I imagine Vietnam War, yeah, some some of the guys actually wear just t-shirts sometimes, if they feel like it, like those are the rogue ones. So Bazooka is kind of categorized as the rogue one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's he makes of, his own rules definitely. <laughs> so he's much more cooler. There, of course, there's Alpine and some of the other Joes like Airtight. You can imagine those guys are wearing yellow. <laughs> true, true, true. Right? At yeah. least... Airtight, a very useful specialty to have in this current mm -hmm. global climate. Definitely. <laughs> because we only have two seasons here, dry and wet seasons. So, Bazooka fits in here quite perfectly. Indeed. Mm -hmm. So, we've covered now two of your favorite G.I. Joe figures. Let's move into the Cobra ranks. Who's on the top of the pops there? Well, uh, here's the surprising thing. As a kid, it's Crimson Guard. Oof. You can't beat that, man, surely. Mm -hmm. That's the time when I was younger. But when I was going older, it's Wild Weasel. Okay. Because, again, same excuse with Cover Girl. I didn't know that Wild Weasel existed as a figure. Mm -hmm. All I remember is, as a kid, 
there were a few figures 85 line 86 line then that's it so would you say that wild weasel stands on his own two feet as a great figure or would you say that it it got to be part and parcel with his his main ride definitely i mean he has the most realistic pilot look Okay. Among both G.I. Joe's and Cobra. Imagine Ace. Sure, he got Sky Striker, but he has this weird plug suit on. I mean, it's more like an astronaut rather than a pilot. <laughs> but some people say it's practical, but for me, for me, it's not the definition of a pilot. I mean, if you watch Top Gun, Tom Cruise, of course, sure. if you've seen his flight suit, I mean, that's how a pilot should look like. Yeah, they corrected that eventually with the Ghost Striker X-16 release. Mm-hmm. But look, I mean, having seen the original concept sketches by uh, Ron Rudatz for Ace's pressure suit, mm-hmm. you can see why they went with that. It's such a striking look. I guess they wanted to make the... Is it the XFP-14? Yeah, or yeah. XPF? XPF. XPF-14, just mm-hmm. that much... You know, 20 minutes into the future than mm-hmm. the bog standard Tomcat. Mm-hmm. And they, the way they sell that is by making the pilot look that much more sophisticated than a, a regular, you know, flight suit. Maybe I'm just a traditionalist. I mean, I like I want to know, though, if you like the, the, the appearance of Wild Weasel's uniform because you regard it as a more realistic flight suit, mm-hmm. would you say that that is the standardized look of the Cobra Air Corps? Or is no. that Wild Weasel's look hmm, good exclusively? Question. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so far, I always see the cartoons with Cobra pilots, just with the Cobra officer. Yeah. yeah it's an airman. Still, just the gold logo, I guess. But as for Wild Weasel, I think it just comes with him. And mm. He brought the costume. I think he said, my God, you expect me to wear spandex? No way, <laughs> dude. I'm a pilot. Damn you all. I gotta have knee boards. <laughs> I gotta have maps. Definitely charts. How the heck am I gonna navigate with a with a with a? I mean, spandex? Really? With a big logo? Come on! I'm a pilot. I'm gonna be. I'm be flying with three Gs here. You expect me to pilot a sophisticated craft like the Rattler on a spandex? So, do you have a Rattler? I used to. Okay. I <laughs> yeah, man, those things. Sadly, do have uh, some frailty issues, mm-hmm. particularly if you like to get some rough play out of your jets. Mm-hmm. I treat my current rattler like gold dust, man. Gold leaf, I should say. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's have, a thing of beauty. That. I mean, if you don't have the rattler on your collection, then you don't have anybody to fight with the Sky Striker. If you have the Sky Striker, of course. Do you believe the rattler and the Sky Striker go toe to toe? Well, if you read the comics, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's about skill. Sure. Remember that comic book? What I would be interested Mm -hmm. to see is how the outcome might have been different if Wild Weasel and Baroness were flying a more competent, you know, jet fighter. Well, the closest one is the Night Raven. Mm. But what about the the jets that uh, Major Blood used in the Master Vice? There's an air raid on a G.I. Joe mm-hmm. airbase and spearheaded by Major Blood. And they're mm-hmm. flying these delta-winged fighters. They look like arrowheads, basically. Yeah. I think the mm, my real-world reference for them is the Corvair Delta Darts. But listeners out there, your 
your mileage might vary. You might mm. uh, associate it with some other similar Delta Wing craft, like a, mm-hmm. a Mirage from France. Mm-hmm. Um, but those jets, had Wild Weasel been flying a jet fighter or interceptor craft, do you think he would have uh, had a better result against Ace in the Sky Striker? Well, it's really up to the pilot. I mean, he's a capable pi- pilot, I mean. And but definitely. To, f- to fight to a standstill using a ground attack craft, I suppose it speaks to the Rattler's mm. insane ability. I mean, three engines instead of two, mm. that thing can really accelerate and really move. With um, the Vulcan cannons. Big time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and air-to-air capability on that cannon, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's surprising that Ace's Sky Striker was able to fly at all after getting drilled by that thing. Yeah, it's one amazing issue. I mean, it was tactical. I mean, imagine. He's fly- uh, flying a ground-type vehicle for anti-tanks, anti-helicopters, or even just small jets, I mean. And then he outsmarted Ace every turn until Ace, on the other hand, uses his skills. So it was a fight with master pilots or Ace pilots, ironically. Mm. That panel, that page, the two pilots saluting one another. I love it. With their guns run dry. I think not a single G.I. Joe fan can can level any kind of criticism. That is probably Mm. the most masterful single page. It's beautiful. I mean, I have that issue. and I You've got the, the original floppy. Yeah, Fantastic. the newsstand edition. Okay. It was awesome. I mean, every time I read it, I mean, that's how I see Wild Weasel now. I mean, he's not like the, in the file card, sorry. He's not just a professional pilot. I mean, he's a guy you can respect. Mm. A, real, a real pilot you can respect. And just like Major Blood, he's got a military career that spans a lot longer than his association with Cobra. Mm -hmm. I've always come back to the fact that he is an experienced veteran hired by Cobra. He didn't kind of come up through the ranks. Same as Major Blood. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So thanks for throwing extra lights on Wild Weasel for me, man. That is fantastic that he's up there as one of your favorite, well, your favorite Cobra figure. Um, (laughs) we We don't hear that very often. Yeah. Wild weasel hardcores. Definitely. But let's get into the vehicles, man. Mm-hmm. So which one do you let's want do to start? Let's do G.I. Joe vehicle. I'm not going to break it into categories. you got to pick. It's mm-hmm. got to either be a land, sea, or air vehicle. So it's just, just going to be one. Oh, that's going to be tricky. Can you do it? If you can't, you, you can you can tap out, man. You can uh, shout mercy. Well, <laughs> okay. Can I choose at least one G.I. Joe and one Cobra? Please? Oh, yes. That, that's, that's, those enough. are the rules. Okay, fair enough. So, G.I. Joe, there's actually more than one. But if I have to go with something I really want to get, it's going to be the Sky Striker. Definitely Sky Striker. Can't beat it. Mm-hmm. And for Cobra, this is kind of surprising and awkward. It's the Cobra Bubble. Flightbot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a very modest uh, goal. I mean, this is something that you, you don't currently have. I do. Oh, you I, do? Okay. Remember, I actually told you about one of my flight pods got snapped. Mm, yes. So, mm-hmm. But you are looking to try and replace or repair, right? Actually, I did. I, you did? I found a replacement one. Fantastic. Just last year. I mean, it took me two years, but I did find one. What is it about the flight pod that really does it for you? Well, as a kid, uh, it's a long story. As I remember, I I always said that I, I was not familiar with the G.I. Joe vehicles. 
then there was this time christmas day we always go to my uncle's or aunt's uh, home for family reunion and as a kid i remember my older brother and my cousin always plays with gi joe i always go there trying to grab a joe figure but my cousin always keep hiding it he said i'm gonna break it I was only six. Oh, cousins can be assholes. Actually, see, he's already 12, I think. So for him, you're going to wreck my G.I. Joe collection. <laughs> so... Oh, no. Please tell me this doesn't have a bad ending for the flight pod. Well, here's the funny part. Uh, as a kid, uh, first two years, yeah, I keep looking for some of the toys. But thanks to him, he, be- he made me become a collector. I mean, a toy fan, more like it, rather than a collector. As a kid, I always tried to play with the G.I. Joe toys. One time, I'm kind of like a spoiled kid when I was younger. Because maybe because I was often deprived, I don't have really had a lot of friends when I was a kid. So I always rely on toys to be my friends. So it's kind of like, I know, it's sad. No, but, not at all, man. I think everyone listening to this can relate. Yeah. It, you know, it's t- times when you weren't necessarily getting your playtime out of social contact. Mm-hmm you could retreat into a world that was entirely yours where the adventures were just for you, you know? Uh, something mm-hmm. very fulfilling about that kind of self-discovery mm-hmm. and, and seeing how your mind works and the intrigues that you can create just concocting your own stories. Absolutely, Rob. I think we all, we were all there, brother. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it wasn't easy. I mean, as a kid, uh, I always get taunted. Sometimes I become the bully because heck, I always try to fight back. I mean, it's not easy as a kid. I mean, I'm antisocial, I guess. But I always remember when I don't have anybody to talk to, I always imagine G.I. Joe were my friends, Transformer were my friends, Mask were my friends, and other cartoons. I always imagine that they're part of my family, my buddies. So it's kind of like it motivated me hmm. into being a better person. A person, as I remember it, that's the second year. Uh, I think nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, I remember my cousin and my older brother were talking, and they're actually playing with the GI Joe stuff again. Uh, that's the first time as well I saw the LCV hmm. and the Outpost Defender. Two underappreciated toys, I'm not going to lie. And I, I don't personally own either, so perhaps I need to find the appreciation for it one day. Really? I, I, you should have told me. <laughs> Rob. I have more than one, but you have to... No, I need to put it on record, guys. This gentleman <laughs> has been beyond generous with me. Um, every time we've met up, he's brought candies and toys. And candies and toys. And... and um, <laughs> exclusives he, he i've got some cool like drinks cups that are from like a petrol station yeah petron the philippines is just so cool for collector's culture like and it's mm. quality stuff as well it's not garbage it's like highly collectible really cool stuff exclusive transformers mm-hmm. comic books yeah um rob you've spoiled me man like you, you I really so. I, I hope that you I never felt so, obligated to <laughs> But uh, this stuff will find a very treasured home with us. Yeah. I'll divvy it up between me, Rob, and Paul. <laughs> Glad you love it. I mean, I hope Paul and Rob will love it too. Mm, they'll be hearing this recording and licking their lips wondering, mm, what's Stephen bringing us from yeah. Rob? 
we've been my friends like for over three years now since I first watched G.I. Joburg. I mean, it was really an honor. I mean, well, you reached out to us and we are always very grateful when that happens. It's kind of like the other way around. I mean, I was like an ordinary guy. I mean, I was always a fanboy. I mean, I, I try to talk to other reviewers. They, I always feel starstruck sometimes. I mean, first time I met you guys online, I actually can't talk. I mean, I was always stuttering. <laughs> That's my thing. I mean, it's been a while since I've been talking to good people. So it was really an honor. I mean, well, the honor is mine, man. To, to be able to travel the world and find quality, good friends all through this channel. Pinch me, I'm dreaming, you know. It's, it's kind of absurd that I feel like now there's not a corner of the globe where I can't, you know, find someone to geek out about G.I. Joe Transformers mm-hmm. with. And you're my man in Manila, brother. Sweet. Yeah, definitely. If it's not me, there's going to be another guy who's going to be just as good as as nice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. Are I, really I think good people. Exactly. I think I think I got really lucky here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's not uh, exaggerate. But uh, yeah, I feel like if I'm in the Netherlands, I'll I'll have a friend. If I'm in the United Kingdom, uh, I'll find find a few pals. Maybe uh, even Australia if I manage to um, escape Townsville. My God, the city of Townsville, dude. True story. <laughs> Which surprisingly is a very safe place to be uh, in this current climate. Definitely, very good hospital there, and a very good uh, wife who works it. Definitely. I mean, uh, as I said, we journeyed and ventured to the deep of evil, where Cobra actually released a virus toxin that tries to prevent G.I. Joburg from achieving his mission, which is, do you want to tell them now? What did we do that Monday? Of course. We hit the toy stores, man. Big time. And did we get one? (laughs) We found Cobra's premier artillery piece, the Maggot. I think we might save that for Cobra Convergence Month. Hmm. Oh, cool, cool. Maybe, maybe. Do a little... Uh, I was thinking, like, because the Maggot has such a, a retro look to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was watching on Netflix, there's a documentary called World War Two in Color. Mm-hmm. And the sheer number of tracked vehicles that emerged out of that conflict is flabbergasting mm-hmm. vehicles of different configurations different track types different uh, crew complements different um, specialties be it armored personnel carriers or just reconnaissance vehicles or just command vehicles motorized artillery tanks mm-hmm. support vehicles you know the maggot looks like something that would have been concocted in that era where there's just an explosion vehicles. just mm-hmm. an explosion of different vehicle types and so i think Maybe I should do some kind of retro black and white newsreel footage style <laughs> expose on the maggot. Like the idea. Cobra's forces have taken Europe in a blitzkrieg. <laughs> that sort of nice. thing. Nice. I'm going to be watching that, definitely. A mechanized army has crossed the border of Poland. Damn, has... I love your accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a schmachter after all. Uh, mm. And you can attest to that fact firsthand. I was always wondering with that play of yours. Uh, I watched it and I enjoyed it. And Thanks, there's a certain hint, like maggot. Oh yeah, giving you that sign of yours that is destiny. Well, t- exactly. Is to destiny. any to anyone familiar with the, 
the book <laughs> and then perhaps the movie of Matilda, the Roald Dahl story, uh, they would be familiar with the fact that there's a, a headmistress of Cruncham Hall uh, mm-hmm. called Miss Trunchbull, and her favorite derogatory term for children is maggots. So, and yeah, you get the idea about it was to- totally in the stars, wasn't it, Rob? That we found a maggot. Mm-hmm. We actually found two. Crazy yeah. man. Yeah, and you got the better one. Did indeed the one with the bonus snake eyes Uzi. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. If we choose the other one, we didn't get the Uzi. I mean, luck. Total luck. Yeah. I'll be releasing a video in conjunction with this chronicling our toy hunt. So mm-hmm. be sure to check out the YouTube channel where you can see us vacillating over which one was going to be the right one. This one's slightly faded, but this one has better stickers. Ooh, which is it going to be? Which is it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> and I do agree about one thing. We got the right one. Yes, sir. High five on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Baby. <laughs> Rob, it's been an absolute dream talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for being my partner in crime here. Mm-hmm. It's been great. I only wish I could stay longer. I wish too. I mean, there's a lot of things we haven't been yet. I mean, there's a lot of other stores we haven't been yet. And it was my pleasure. I mean, you're the first friend here from another country that actually lives here. And it was an honor to be at your side. Ah, thanks, buddy. Anyone from our G.I. Joburg camp that's passing through the Philippines and want to look you up, is there a way they can get in contact with you? Well, it's quite easy to contact me. Just find my name. Or you can go to my uh, YouTube channel, which is actually currently, how do I say this? Inactive for now, because I'm doing some other stuff. Uh, it's Project Dark Corp, and I do a lot of other reviews. It's a small review, but you learn something, maybe. <laughs> yeah, man, check out Project Dark Corp, or just hit up your socials and find Robert Kalupitan. Mm, nice pronunciation. Really? Yeah. Gee whiz. Okay. Mm. Cheers. Cheers, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Yo, Joburg, everybody. Yo, Joburg. <laughs>